Welcome to Conscious Business, where entrepreneurs learn to master their mindset, conquer their fear, and step into their bigger game. Now, here's your host, Julie Zuzak. Hello, and welcome to Conscious Business. So, I've noticed something recently in my business, and as often happens, the challenges that my clients face are definitely right aligned with my own challenges that I'm facing in my business. Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? So when I became a coach, I remember learning and training that it's just a natural law that your clients always bring you your own stuff. And it is just one of those natural laws of coaching. And it makes us really uh, focus on what we have to deal with. And it also means self-management is really important. So if you are struggling with balance, so too are your clients. If you're struggling with staffing, so are they. Your lessons just seem to mirror each other, which is really good when you think about it. It allows everything to just become perfectly conscious. So the big theme that keeps showing up with my clients and with myself is procrastination. About four times in the last week, I've recommended the book uh, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy, one of my favorite books on procrastination. He says that your frogs are the tasks in your day that you procrastinate on. They're the things that you avoid. And if you don't get them done, they simply slide into the next day and then into the next and the next and then the next week and then the next month. And that's typically what happens when we procrastinate. Now, the inspiration for the title of his book comes from Mark Twain, who once said that... If the first thing that you do every morning is to eat a live frog, then you can go through the rest of your day with the satisfaction of knowing that that is probably the worst thing that is going to happen to you all day long. Your frog is your biggest, most important task, the one that you are most likely to procrastinate on if you don't do something to make it a priority. It is the one task that can likely have the greatest positive impact on your life and your business. The first rule of frog eating is this. If you have to eat two frogs, then you eat the ugliest one first. The second rule of frog eating is this. If you have to eat a live frog at all, it doesn't pay to sit and look at it for very long. Just lean in and do it. Now, after the fourth time that I referred this book to a client, I said, okay, I get the message. It's time to reread this book and bring this up on a podcast again. So I dusted off my old copy. I read it when I was on a workation a couple weeks ago. And yes, I do admit this is super nerdy to reread books that I've already read before. But sometimes certain books are just so good that it is worthwhile reading them. Now, this one in particular is actually a really short book and you can kind of read it in one sitting in a couple hours. So it's definitely worthwhile reading through again. And more importantly, we all are going to get to learn from it today. So get out of your head into your heart and let's dive right in, shall we? So I want to start with five simple truths about procrastination, which will help you to understand it and also to help you stop beating yourself up so much. I have five simple truths I'm going to share with you. Here we go. Truth number one, everyone 
procrastinates. Everyone, everyone, everyone procrastinates. I know you feel alone. I know you're beating yourself up and you feel maybe shame or embarrassment, but everyone procrastinates, just like that REM song, right? But instead of hurting, they're procrastinating. Well, they're procrastinating probably so much they are hurting. But it's true. No man is an island. We all procrastinate. Now, the things that we procrastinate on are probably different, but we all procrastinate in our own way. So if you're beating yourself up and you're thinking that there's something wrong with you, I'm here to tell you with my hands on my heart, there's nothing wrong with you. Now, the truth is we do procrastinate on different things. So what you might feel frustrated by or alone on might look different than what someone else is struggling with. But trust me when I say there's nothing wrong with you. Everyone procrastinates. Truth number two, the longer you procrastinate on something, the harder it is to start. Yuck, that's a total punch in the gut. That means that if you put something off today and try to do it tomorrow, then it will be three units of hard on a scale of one to 10, right? 10 being the most difficult. But if you leave it to the next day, and the next day, and the next day, each day that you leave it adds a layer of stuckness and another unit of hard. So next week, you might be looking at an eight out of 10 in difficulty to get to start it, which is why this concept of eat the frog is a brilliant one. You just rip off the bandaid, you lean in, and you do it. So truth number two, the longer you procrastinate on something, the harder it is to start. Truth number three, one of the biggest causes of procrastination is the paralysis of perfection. We get so hung up on wanting something to be perfect and amazing and larger than life and blow everybody's socks off and completely mind-blowing that we overwhelm ourselves with the expectation of how perfect it's going to be and we can't even get started on the project. Now, the bigger it is and the more amazing we dream it up to be, the more stuck we get because we're overwhelmed by how much work that it's going to be to make it this amazing. And the more stuck we get, Well, the more overwhelmed we get, and it's just this big old vicious circle, right? Trust me, it makes absolutely no sense whatever. However, I see it all the time. It's like a mashup of all kinds of unconscious, unproductive beliefs and behavior, and it leads to the paralysis of perfection. We're completely stuck. Truth number four. We all have a limited supply of willpower, and it does run out every day. So the more reason to eat the frog and do it first thing every day, right? Because the longer the day goes on, the less willpower you are going to have, meaning the less discipline you're going to be. So I learned this one from one of my favorite books, The One Thing. They explain how we have a finite supply of willpower, and each time we dip into it, we have less and less of it. So willpower makes you more likely to lose out later on because you have less of it, right? And truth number five, it is treatable if you get to the root cause. And I will say that it is absolutely worthwhile figuring out what is at the root cause of your procrastination because then, then you're going to procrastinate less overall. And entrepreneurs get so stuck in the beating themselves up phase, they don't actually take the time to figure out 
why they are procrastinating because their ego takes over and gets them stuck in one of two places, either beating themselves up for all the time that they're not taking action or trying to control or force themselves to do something, which is just punishing behavior, right? So as a coach, I'm always looking for the root cause of everything, not just for fun, because let's face it, it's a lot of extra work. It's harder to figure out the root cause, but I do it because it fixes things in a permanent way when we get to the root cause. Whereas if we just look at the surface, it's just a Band-Aid solution and it will only temporarily fix your problem. Now in the book, Eat That Frog, Brian Tracy has so much great content. I highly suggest you read that book if you haven't already or check out one of his videos. He actually goes through and shares 21 tips to help you stop procrastinating. So I've gone through when I reread this and I picked out five brilliant tips from the book, the best, juiciest tips. And I'm going to share them with you right now. Okay. One to five, five tips on how to stop procrastinating. Here they are. Number one, slice and dice the task. Break your large, complex tasks into small, bite-sized little pieces, and then just do one small part of the task to get started. Now, I love this tip because quite often we get, once we get started doing something, then we pick up momentum and we're like, oh, this is fun. I could do this all the time. Whereas if we're stuck in that place of avoiding or the paralysis of perfection because we're dreaming something up to be so big, then we get stuck. So tip number one is slice and dice the task. Tip number two is plan every day in advance. Every minute that you spend planning can save you five or 10 minutes in execution. Isn't that great news? Let's say that you have something that you don't want to do today. Then write it down for tomorrow, but put it at the top of your list. You know, put a little smiley face on it or something so that you make the decision today that it's going to get done tomorrow. And then boom, when you look at your list, first thing tomorrow, there it is. And it's a non-negotiable, right? Okay, tip number three. Put the pressure on yourself, even if it's imaginary. So with this tip, you imagine that you have to leave town for a month. And so you work as hard as you can to get all your major tasks completed before you leave. Basically, it's like creating an imaginary deadline for yourself. It really works. It's magic. And I use this tip all the time. Tip number four is the Swiss cheese method of working. So you Swiss cheese a task when you resolve to work at a specific time lot on it. And it might be just as little as five minutes after which then you can stop and go do something else. Now I love this and I also use this all the time, especially when I have a brand new project. And again, I feel overwhelmed to start it and I'll look at the project and say, hmm, What's just one thing that I can do? And it doesn't have to be something in the beginning. It can be at any point in the project that you just pick something out that is probably the funnest and you start there. Now, the great thing is that once you get started, right, then you probably will want to keep going. So the point is pick something that's fun, motivating, or in your zone of genius, it's going to be easy. And then you'll likely just coax yourself into it and want to keep going. All right, this is how we trick ourselves or we hack our productivity. And tip number five, 
Write out every single step of a major job or a project before you begin. Determine how many minutes or how many hours will require you to finish each phase or each part. And then you race against the clock to try to beat your own deadlines. So this is like making it a game and trying to get something done faster than you think it's going to take. Now, in the corporate world, we use the term time boxing, which is when you give something an estimated amount of time and you say it has to get done within this time period. Like you might say, this is going to be an hour and we're going to time box it to an hour because it could spill out and take three, but we're not going to let it, right? I love this method too, and I use it all the time. And in total disclosure, I'm using it right now with this episode. You may think that it's all in your head about how long it takes to do something, but it isn't. You have to actually predict how long you think it's going to take first and then see if you can match that or even beat it. It works for me because I am super competitive and to know that I have an estimated time lot to beat is really exciting for me. It's also good because then you start to become, this is the added benefit, you start to become really aware of how long tasks will typically take you. And so, you know, because I find one thing you never, ever hear an entrepreneur say is, oh, that was way easier than I thought it would be, or that took less time than I thought it was going to. And isn't that always the way? So this is really just you being more conscious about how long things actually take versus how long we think in our head, especially if you're like me and you're an internal optimist, you always think, oh, I can whip that up in 30 minutes, but then it takes two hours, right? You know, we all know and love Parkinson's Law, right? Which says that a project or a task will always expand in complexity and scope relative to the amount of time that we allot to it. So it's up to you. You can get it done in one hour or you can get it done in three hours. You decide. All right, so... I hope you love those five tips. I want to share in this segment three more tips, but these are my tips. These are corporate yogi tips. These are strategies and tools that I have developed over the years that I just absolutely love and I pass them on to my clients and we all love them. So I've got, actually, I've got five tips for you that I want to share. So tip number one is to use a parking lot. Now, I don't know about you, but as soon as I sit down to get something done, my mind just wanders and makes a list of all the things that I could be doing or researching or checking out or just this one other little thing that I could do before I get started. And it it literally drives me crazy. All these little distractions, and it's not a coincidence. I know they're distracting me. So what I do is Because if you let your saboteurs run wild, then they tell you that this is just urgent or it'll only take 10 seconds. Next thing you know, 45 minutes later, you're stuck researching on a website. So I create a parking lot and I either put a blank piece of paper beside me. I do it sometimes in my planner or sometimes if I'm working on a whiteboard, I will create a parking lot on in a spot in a corner on the whiteboard. And I write down the numbers 1 to 10, and as the distractions come up, right, like, uh, oh, I really got to make reservations for Saturday night, 
I don't make the reservations. I simply write it down on the list. And then after I'm done my project, I go through and I take care of everything on that parking lot list. It also helps me to see whether it really is important or whether it's something that could be handed off or done later. Now, I've used this for years and I've never made it past 10 distractions. Usually I get one or two down and then that's it. Once my ego knows that it can't distract me with this tool anymore, then it just gives up, right? So create a parking lot and use it. It will help you to get really, really conscious. I promise. Tip number two is, this one's tricky, so bear with me. Prohibit the task. Now, this is a coaching technique that we use where we tell someone that they can't do something. It's kind of like reverse psychology, right? And that usually fires them up and then they want it really badly, right? So you might prohibit yourself from working on something for a full day and then only get to work on it the next day. Something I also do sometimes is I prohibit myself from doing something and say, you can't do that. And then I just sit there and literally like either meditate or breathe but I don't let myself do anything else until that task gets done. So either way, you're prohibiting the task. Tip number three, good old-fashioned bribery. Bribe yourself. And no, I am not against bribing myself with something fun to do, especially if it's a frog that you have to eat. Sometimes it's bribing myself to go get a coffee. Sometimes it's bribing myself to read some of my book or just giving myself, you know, 30 minutes of free time to do whatever I want. doesn't matter what the bribe is, but just find something that will work for you, right? And really be motivating. Tip number four. Ooh, this is a good one. Uh, change your geography. Now, this is a fancy way of saying go somewhere else. Whatever your physical working environment is, try going somewhere different and see how it impacts your productivity. You can move to a different place in your office, a different place at home. You can change your physical space. You can go outside. You can come indoors. Whatever it is, switch up the environment, move your furniture around, get at a standing desk, and you will be amazed at how much this shifts your energy and is motivating and exciting. In tip number five, well, you know which one this one's going to be, meditation. This is a brilliant tool to stop you procrastinating. It helps to calm the mind and bring clarity. And there's so many different types of breathing exercises that you can do with your meditation. I'm also a big fan of Nadi Chodna or alternate nostril breathing. These techniques are great for energizing and also to focus you and help you shift tasks. Now, another great way to use your yoga is to even do a nice restorative posture to calm yourself or maybe an inversion posture to get the blood flowing to your head, right? So lots of tools and options there. So let's recap those five tips. Number one, use a parking lot. Two, prohibit the task. Three, bribe yourself. Four, change geography. And five, meditate. Okay, it's time to start wrapping up this episode on procrastination. I hope you've got some good ideas and you are inspired to try some of them lately. Just like everything else, every once in a while we get out of the habit of doing something and we need a good old 
kick in the butt reminder. So thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember that being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you will ever get through. So be patient and be kind to yourself. When I see entrepreneurs beat themselves up for procrastinating, it absolutely breaks my heart because they're so hard on themselves and they think that there's something wrong with them. I see it all the time. It's so dangerous. And it ends up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because once we start beating ourselves up and feeling really bad, then we're definitely not going to have the right mindset or energy to get something done, right? So remember that you are not alone in procrastinating. Everyone does it. It just looks a little bit different for everyone. But if you make it conscious, you can start to beat the game, figure out what the cause is, and you will do it less and less. And less. And the less that you procrastinate, the more efficient and amazing you will actually be. So remember, deep down inside, fear is just your greatness in disguise. Thanks for hanging out with the corporate yogi. Remember, being an entrepreneur can be intense and isolating at times. Don't do it alone. Become part of Julie's Facebook group called Conscious Business. And if you're really serious about growing your biz, visit thecorporateyogi.com and book a free strategy session with Julie today.